Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, it's Rob again for another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining podcast. Um, And today I'm joined by Gerald Wood, who's the Managing Director of Bluefield Asset Management Specialists a company that specialises in maintenance and reliability, mainly within the mining sector, um, and provides services around the life cycle of equipment, um, from equipment planning, optimisation to operation and reliability improvement. Um, He's also the author of Simplifying Mining Maintenance, um, which is a book that he's uh, recently um, launched, um, which is a practical guide to building a culture that prevents breakdowns and increases profits. Um, which no doubt he'll plug the book later on in this podcast. Um, and he obviously can tell you a little bit about how you can make more money from maintenance. So welcome, Gerard. Yeah, thanks very much, Rob. Good to be here and yeah. uh, have a chat. Um, I mean, we, we met quite a few years ago. I think it's when I first got into uh, into mining, um, probably back in 2009, 2010. Yeah, it'd be getting on to about 10 years ago yeah. now. So that was in, Time uh, flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and that, that was in Brisbane. And I think you probably had a, a few staff then. And uh, obviously, you're going to tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Bluefield soon. But um, so I suppose I just want to, um, first of all, how, how we how we conduct this. Um, if you can just a little bit tell us a little bit about what you're what you're doing now and a little bit about yep. uh, Bluefield Asset Management and I can ask you some questions and then we're probably going to have a uh, talk about your book as well. Yeah, a bit about my background, I, I suppose, in the mining industry. I, I started when I was 17, um, started as a tradesman on the shop floor and worked my way up uh, the ranks whilst studying externally as well, did electrical engineering and, and masters of business and those sort of things. But uh, really a practical in the line experience for the first sort of 16, 17 years of my experience of my career. And then um, after that moved into some central maintenance improvement roles, which uh, where, I, where I came across uh, a lot of the theories around maintenance and reliability and, and things like that. And then um, closing out my my sort of career with the mining companies, I. I uh, went back into the line again and uh, implemented some of those theories or worked out how they can be implemented if they can be at all, you know, and, and what the limitations are. Yeah, and then um, then we went out and started Bluefield, Bluefield Asset Management Specialists, and uh, really still offering similar services to what I was doing for mining companies, but as a service provider. So... Yeah, it's been a great journey the last eight and a half years, coming up to nine years in, in Bluefield, building the business up from um, just a couple of us to where it is today, sort of 70 people, um, people up in Finland, a few people over in Chile um, and, and all around Australia and, and operating, working on projects in Africa and Asia, all over the place. So it's, yeah, it's really good fun. Still yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. So what does, if you can obviously tell the audience, what does Bluefield Asset Management Specialist do? 
Yeah, so a bit about uh, like what you talked about there before. Really, we provide services right across the life cycle of equipment. So people have a bit of dirt and they're not sure what's the best fleet or fleet mix or machines to uh, to, to move that uh, dirt the most efficiently and effectively. Uh, we do that evaluation uh, and obviously as part of that, all the life cycle costing. Uh, and, and then we go into helping people uh, negotiate the best deal with the different OEMs um, after we've selected the, the right class for that deposit. Um, and then we, as the people have selected their fleets or, or even their plants, we do a lot in fixed plant these days as well. Uh, we, we do all the operational readiness work for those uh, green or brownfield projects. So making sure when the equipment starts up, they've got the maintenance programs in place and people trained and all the things that they need. Uh, and then when the, the, the equipment's operating, um, we help them get the, the basics and do the fundamentals of maintenance right around maintenance execution and and really actually achieve reliability improvement and, and get the throughput that they're after. So by supporting all of those phases of equipment life, you know, we've found it's uh, really good because one phase feeds into the next, you know. So if you do a do a study in a, in a project, greenfield project or something like that, and then you're operating in the operating environment, you feed that real information back into your front end again and you continue to improve. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what does, I suppose, what is, how do you differentiate yourself from, say, your competitors out there? What makes you different and what makes you unique? Um, yeah, I suppose it comes down to culture and uh, in our business and uh, we have spent a lot of time to develop the right culture and where people actually care more about the 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 business, the, our client's outcome than, than Bluefield's outcome. And um, our vision for Bluefield is not that Bluefield is this amazing company. Our vision is an industry vision uh, and, and that vision is that the maintenance fraternity is recognised as adding bottom line value uh to to the companies um yeah not yeah that's and we want to be part of that you know we yeah. want to enable our clients to achieve that and you know it really is a goal that we can see the industry recognized as excellent at, at maintenance and reliability and asset management yeah yeah i, I was going to uh, go on to my next question which is obviously adding value to a, a company's assets what yeah. is there any specifics that of value that you do add to a mining company? Any examples that you can uh, give and show and, and show the audience and potentially companies out there what you can actually do? Yeah, I think um, you know when you when you talk about value, um, it's easy to say, um, and the the easiest way for us to measure that uh, is to measure the availability improvement or the actual cost reductions, which are very tangible and and very measurable, measurable right through the the company's uh, systems, and uh, we we do a lot of work to to measure that value. So every time we're doing a job, we're trying to capture how much value it was, so that we can report it in our own um, QA QC process, where we say we add value to clients' businesses. So we've got to have some data to to prove that we actually do that. And um, in some projects it's a little bit hard to, to capture, you know, because um, it might be that they just need someone there to 
uh, help them fill a role for a while or something like that because yeah. we do a little bit of that as well while they're hiring someone. So those ones are a bit harder to capture. But when you've got a good meaty project, here's our, our maintenance budget, where it is currently, what's the benchmarks, where does it need to be, um, and we help them get there, uh, you know, they're really easy. And, and you can add so much more value. Like 20 times the, the, the fees that you charge uh, are not uncommon in, in those types of projects. Yeah. Do you specialise in anything? So do you specialise any, in any particular fleets? And also, do you work with bigger companies, smaller companies, junior companies, or could it be a, a range of companies or a range of fleets? Or is there some specialisation, would you say? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we actually specialise in any fleet. When we first started the business, 100% uh, of our work was with mobile and mining equipment. But these days, I'd say, you know, clients request us to get involved in fixed plant and all those sort of things. And um we're probably about 60, 40, 60 mobile mining fleet, 40% fixed plant. But um, we, we want to be the best at your ultra-class mining equipment, your copper concentrators, you know, iron ore beneficiation plants, uh, those big uh, high-cost capital-intensive assets that are really important that they're going 24-7. So we want to be the best at those. And... You know, we're always striving to understand that equipment more and develop good strategies and, you know, learn from things that don't go right um, and continue to improve. So that's where we want to be the best at. Uh, what was the other part of that question? Um, I suppose, yeah, so it's it's basically do you, do you specialise in any particular fleets or and companies, ah, the size of the companies, company whether size. small, small junior companies, mid-tier companies, bigger companies, or again across the whole range. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is uh, across the whole range. You know, we um, we we like the fact that smaller companies really value our services as well. Um, and you know, the the bigger companies are obviously very important to us, and we work with all of the major mining companies around the world. Um, but we absolutely value some of the relationships that we've got with very small companies yeah. uh, here in Queensland, you know, even contracting companies that, that aren't miners, but they run small fleets of mining equipment. So we've had, we have, and we've had long-term relationships with those guys right, right from the early days yeah. and, and value, value the fact that we can deliver an outcome for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. You caught me off guard just uh, asking what question I asked <laughs> previously, um, because I, was, I just thought of another question in terms of obviously you mentioned you've got 60 or 70 staff within your organization. What kind of people have you got within your company and what capabilities do they bring? Because obviously you have a range of different skill sets and experiences. Yeah, well, the, the common um, theme is that all of our guys have experience working in the context of our clients. So um, that means we don't we don't bring someone to the table who has been in the military or something like that if they haven't had mining experience. If they don't know mining equipment, we don't, we don't bring them out to site. Um, you know, they may not be uh, an expert on Komatsu equipment. Uh, and they may have worked a lot on Caterpillar equipment and we'll, we'll put them on uh, Komatsu equipment. But as long as they have the that understanding of what it's like and, and have been working for those mining companies, that's our criteria effectively, um, which means it's a little bit harder to get the younger guys in. Yep. Um, so most most of our people are 
sort of 10 plus years experience. Um, we've got a range of engineers uh, and tradesmen uh, with a lot of experience, and we've got tradesmen with engineering degrees as well. So quite a, a varied range there. Just, some are just engineers, some are just tradesmen, and, and that's really important. You know, it's it's great to have that balance of of skills. You need the engineering side. You also need the um, you know the 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 trade background, that practical knowledge. And what what I suppose does differentiate us a little bit is we're not so much big into the the computerized maintenance management systems, the CWMS systems. Our people are all uh, equipment knowledge specialists, so they're experts in how to develop maintenance programs for equipment, how to um, you know manage the maintenance at sites, all of those sort of things. Obviously, there's always a tie tie up with systems like SAP and Pronto and those sort of things, but uh, we're not like the just the, the system specialists at all. Yeah. Before we uh, speak about your book, um, just, I suppose, lastly concluding, um, what's the future for Bluefield Asset uh, Maintenance Specialists? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we've uh, gone along eight years now. We've, we've uh, built up a great um, base of, you know, over 100 clients that we, that we work for on a regular basis. Um, we we want to continue to grow. Um, we want to grow geographically, so into North America. We haven't done much work up in that region, um, and you know, continue into Asia, um, and and grow our presence in South America, of course. Uh, so we want to continue to do that. Um, but additionally, uh, we're looking to embrace technology. Uh, to date, we've you know, we've done a lot of strategies for people and those sort of things. And we, we charge people to develop these strategies. So my vision is that next time someone comes and asks for a, a maintenance strategy or a life cycle management plan for a particular machine, uh, that we won't charge them to develop that. We'll give it to them uh, and then work with them uh, to continue to improve that over time. So. Um, engage with them for a period of time to to make it even better. Yeah. So and and that's all about uh, our vision to to see that maintenance is truly adding value to the companies to the bottom line of the companies. That that's that takes time and it takes consistency yeah. and continual improvement. So that's the way we're heading. Embracing technology um, and enabling our clients to get what they need faster. Uh, for less cost and and a better quality outcome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on to uh, the book. Um, yeah. So the book is simplifying mining maintenance. Um, so I suppose uh, first question I wanted to know is um, why did you write the book? Yeah, um, I suppose I I wrote it because over the years and, and going right back to when I was in central maintenance improvement roles in mining companies. You go around lots of different sites and you see the same problems. You see, see the same issues crop up all the time. Um, and to continue to drive yourself to be able to um, get make a difference, uh, everyone goes to work, they like to go home and say, yep, I've made a difference. And um, they feel good about themselves and, and about their contribution. So 
seeing all this and and with a desire to make a bigger difference in the industry, uh, you know, we can work with, well, me personally, I can work with one, two, maybe four clients a year on on these types of improvement projects. Yep. But I wanted to get the information out there more broadly um, and give that information away to a lot more people and have a greater impact. So that's really primarily the the motivation for writing it is to to get what I've learned yep. uh, and give that back to the industry and get the message out there more broadly. Yeah. So what sort of problems will this book help people solve then if they read it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose uh, in the there's, the book's got two sort of halves. Part one's more around the where I came from and and how I concluded what I concluded, and part two's about different categories of problems. So if they want to improve or reduce unscheduled downtime, reduce scheduled downtime, people issues, cost issues, or you know handover from projects, those types of specific problems. But more importantly, all of those things uh, can be linked to that culture. So there's an element of culture in, in every one of those, those problems. So the first part of the book is more around the, the cultural aspects and how to get people aligned, working together, motivated, um, and just things that, are, that I've seen in my career and I've just shared all of that there. And, and certainly with some of the projects we've done in Bluefield, we're using those sort of techniques, working with the, the site guys. Um, it's always the site guys that achieves the outcome. You know, it's not it's not us. We're just a catalyst or or, or a support for them to achieve the outcomes that they want to achieve. Um, but yeah, all those very basic things about communicating, people communicating together, doing a quality execution, a quality work on the on maintenance caring about the machines, you know, those types of things which are very fundamental and, and basic prior to getting into all the complicated things like planning and scheduling and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, this podcast is listened to a variety of, uh, sorry, a variety of different people listen to this podcast. Um, yeah. And so what, so what kind of people uh, would, would buy this book? Is it just maintenance people? Or would it be people outside of maintenance as well? No, um, the the I've specifically written the book to be relevant to maintenance people, but also CFOs, COOs, CEOs. Now you know they it's it's written in a very simple language, and that's primarily so I can understand it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not there's not a lot of uh, maintenance jargon or technical aspects to it, so it's very much written so anyone can understand it. And um, I, I am deliberately writing for the, the higher level um, people running mining companies to, to understand as well because they have a very big impact on uh, the maintenance outcome based on the way that the maintenance uh, people are managed and, and driven. And, you know, I've seen a lot of times where maintenance is driven into a reactive culture, but it's, it's because that's the way the business is run. Uh, and then there's some specific things in there around costs, which um, you know, co cost and, and unscheduled downtime, which are the probably the two things that the COO and the CEO. Certainly, I was going to say in. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some specific things in there for them uh, to help them understand and 
uh, judge the performance of maintenance a lot better, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I suppose concluding, why would someone want to go out and buy your book? Uh, well, I suppose if uh, they're not satisfied with what they're getting out of their machines um, or they've got questions on how they can be even better than they already are, uh, you know, if, if they're a maintenance guy and, and they're, they're a bit stressed and they want to improve things and it's all too hard and they're getting buried in paper and documents and procedures and things like that, uh, then this book will help them uh, get there a lot lot quicker, a lot easier way. You know, if you yeah. get the culture right, it's yeah. so much easier to manage a um, any organisation really, but it's so much easier to manage maintenance when the, when the culture's right and people are actually doing the right things. You don't have to write all the procedures and make your life complicated. Yeah. I said this the other day to a guy. Uh, I went to a, um, a site and a guy had a, a checklist for a machine leaving the workshop. And I did a, a bit of a review for a day and had a look at some of the, the work that was getting done, some of the PM checklists. And this checklist for the machine leaving the workshop, I looked at that and it was supposed to be the final check before it goes back to work. But they weren't filled out correctly. And I, I was saying to the guy, I said, when you get all these checklists, it sort of makes your life more difficult because you've got to then go and police the execution of another checklist. And he was listening to me, he goes, oh, my God, you're explaining my life right now. <laughs> and it was, like, quite frustrating for him. Yeah. But there's a sim simple way, you know, just concentrate the culture and you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Yeah. And, and from obviously from what you're saying about about the book, I think it could appeal to a wide range of people, not just maintenance. And the reason why I say that is I'm actually reading and studying things outside of recruitment, yet I'm bringing some of those principles that I've learned outside of recruitment into recruitment and into my business. So I think people not who are not necessarily in maintenance probably could read that because there's going to be a lot of principles that you could actually apply, apply into your own discipline, whether you're in geology, whether you're in mine engineering, whether you're in um, processing, for instance. I think it could uh, appeal to those people as well. So um, anyone that's listening, you don't have to just be in maintenance. You can be probably in other disciplines because I think a book like this uh, would be definitely beneficial to you. Um, I suppose lastly, how can people obtain this book? Where can they buy it from? Oh, it's very easy. Um, it's on Amazon. It's also on Google eBooks. Uh, and you can just go to the website, um, www.simplifyingminingmaintenance.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, is, it in any, is it in any shops at all or is it just purely online? Uh, purely order online. I haven't got it in any shops yet. Um, so it came out in um, uh, November last year. Okay. And uh, I'm really just starting to um, get the word out there further and um, I haven't even thought about or had time to think about talking to shops about buying it. But yeah. yeah. And do you know what do you know what the cost is? So people uh, so people aware of it? Yeah, I think on on Amazon it's a, it's around about sort of forty nine ninety nine US. Um, Australian dollars, Aussie dollars about sixty nine, something like that. And I, I, I can't remember what the ebook and the Kindle version are, but they're yep. quite a bit cheaper, yep. around twenty. Yeah. And how, how how big is the book in terms of pages, roughly, if you can remember that? Yeah, it's around the hundred and sixty eight, hundred and seventy pages. Um mm -hmm. But like I say, you know, if you 
drawings and, and photos and of machines that I've seen over the years and situations that are not that good in terms of maintenance, um, but very easy to easy to read. Yeah. So I suppose anyone listening out there, if uh, if you've got a birthday coming up or even fa- <laughs> Father's Day or even Mother's Day, um, and obviously it could be a great Christmas present as well. I know we're a bit early in the year to be speaking about Christmas, but it could be a good uh, Christmas book for someone within the, the mining industry. Actually, what I've seen over here in, in Australia, there's been uh, quite a few sites that have just bought like 20 copies and, and passed them around the, the team on site. Yeah. Um, and one particular site, they one guy started out, he was just going to get uh, a few copies for him and his direct reports and the other superintendent said, oh, get some for me too, and it ended up they wanted 30 copies. So, yeah, yeah it's just... Um, well, I suppose companies can use it as a business expense and a business write-off, so uh, why not all a few <laughs> copies and, and pass them around to uh, people within the company? Yeah, if the philosophies align with the way that, that uh, you think it's site, you know, um, yeah, because it's it certainly was a gap. No one's written about the stuff. Yeah that I've written about, and one guy said, I can't believe someone's written about something so basic, you know? Yeah. And um, I said, yeah, that's right, it, it amazes me too, and it still amazes me why we haven't got these basic things working, because yeah. that's where the problem is. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, no, I appreciate your time, taking the time to uh, discuss, uh, discuss uh, obviously, Bluefield, um, and obviously your book as well, and hopefully some of the audience will um, participate and uh, order and buy a copy or two um if anyone wants to sort of contact you to maybe ask some questions maybe around the book or even around uh, bluefield um how can they go about contacting you yeah um my email is just gwood at bluefield.com.au uh but i'm on linkedin so easily contactable on linkedin and all my contact details are there yeah and 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 very happy to um you know Receive messages or calls from people at any time, yeah. and I, you know, I love I love feedback. Love talking about um, maintenance and, and mining. Quite passionate about it, so always keen to have a chat with people, share yeah. ideas. Yeah. Um, alternatively, again, you can contact myself, and I can pass uh, a message on to uh, Gerard. Uh, my email address is rob at mining-international.org. Um, Well, thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, the podcast. And until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.